Welcome or welcome back to episode eight of Lift You Up. My name is Tamika Bickham and I'm your host and I'm really, really excited to tell you about today's show. It's actually one of my favorite conversations that I've had so far. I learned so much, but before I introduce you to our guest, I first want to ask you, if you like this show, go ahead and hit that subscribe button on YouTube and connect with me on LinkedIn. So today you're going to meet Peggy Gaines. She is the founder of Meditation and Reiki, her own practice where she focuses on just those two things. Now, our conversation, I think, is so relevant and so timely right now. Um, as she talks about our bodies are constantly in this fight or flight state. And how do we get back to peace and calm? Meditation, Reiki. I didn't even know what that was. So I'm interested in starting on that path. Maybe you are too. And she really helps break it down very clearly in this episode. Our physical, mental, and emotional health is not just a want. It is a need for happy lives, and prosperous businesses. Lift You Up is the podcast where we share inspiring health stories from business owners who are fulfilling their purpose to live their healthiest lives and helping you do the same. From former TV reporter to marketing entrepreneur and content creator, I care about sharing stories that matter and stories that connect us. I'm your host, Tamika Bickham, your health and wellness matchmaker. Today, I'm joined by Peggy Gaines, the founder of Meditation and Reiki. I'm so excited because she has a really incredible story and is doing incredible work in the community right now. So first of all, Peggy, thank you so much for joining me. Well, thank you for having me. All right, I'm looking forward to speaking with you. Excited to have you here. But before we dive into a little bit more about what you do, how about you just tell us about you, who you are, where you're from, kind of give us the background. Okay. Um, I'm uh, originally from Kansas City. I've been here since 92. We moved in, uh, moved down here three weeks before Hurricane Andrew. So it was a great initiation. Um, I'm married. We have two kids. Uh, I am a registered nurse right now. I don't teach, I don't uh, practice clinically, but I teach meditation. I'm certified to teach meditation and Reiki. So how long have you been certified and teaching meditation? When did that start for you? Well, I have been meditating over 20 years. I got certified in about about 12 years ago. 12 years ago. Yeah. Okay. And I've been teaching since then. Yeah. Okay. So about 20 years, which I would say is significant because I think now... And tell me if you agree or not, I think there's a greater awareness, more people getting into practicing meditation, um, mm-hmm. myself included. I consider myself a, a fairly a newbie who really doesn't even know how to properly do it. But I yeah. think more people are getting, you know, being open-minded to meditation mm-hmm. and Reiki. Um, so 20 years ago, I don't know if it was as commonplace as it is now. Would you say mm-hmm. so? No, you're absolutely right. And it also depends what part of the country you're in. Some things are more, um, you know, have been around a little bit longer than they've been here in South Florida. Okay, so 20 years ago, definitely not as commonplace. Right. What got you into the practice? Kind of walk me through that. Well, um, 20 years ago, I was having trouble sleeping. And so I had heard that meditation could help with that. So I got 
a cassette tape, if you remember those in historically. I do. <laughs> yes, yes. Got a cassette tape and I got a, um, a book and I started practicing it. And pretty soon I was meditating about 20 minutes a day. And uh, it, I started doing it and my, uh, my sleep improved dramatically. So I was doing it and I'd been doing it about six years when, um, as I mentioned, we have two kids. My husband's a biology professor at University of Miami. We've just come home from a trip to uh, Wyoming. It was August and it was about three weeks before school was re getting ready to start. My son at that point was 17 and um, he was getting ready to start his senior year in high school. And my son comes in and he goes, mom, mom, look at me, look at me, mom. And he, a 17 year old guy, you know, of course they want, you know, instant, you know, response. And I said, what is the problem? And I look at him and I notice his smile is crooked. And so as a nurse, I'm trying to think of all the things that could be wrong. And he said, look at me, look, my smile's crooked, look at my driver's license. And I look at it and it's perfectly symmetrical. So, you know, I'm going through my mind, trying to think of what it could be. And I thought, okay, I don't think he had a stroke. Um, you know, he worked out all the time. And I, and I knew, you know, like he's a normal 17 year old, he was overdoing stuff. So I knew he was lifting more weight and he didn't have a trainer. So, you know, I thought, well, maybe he pinched a nerve and it's affecting, you know, his facial muscles and maybe it's, maybe it's a smile and which I thought was kind of a stretch, but I was kind of hoping it was something like that. Right. And I thought, well, maybe it could be Bell's palsy. In the back of my mind, I had this thought that it was something bigger and I, I, I didn't even want to say what it was. And so we, I called, it's Friday afternoon, and we go in and the doctor does an exam. And my worst fears were realized. He said, I think he has a brain tumor. And right then it felt as though the bottom just dropped out. Mm -hmm. You know, you're everything that you had planned was just completely different. So I ended up, we ended up going through treatment and I taught him how to meditate. And uh, it went on for about three years. And um, I learned so much going through that, but meditation helped me tremendously as we went through that. As your son was going through this, was he open to the practice of meditation? Absolutely. He really was. He, you know, we hadn't talked about it before, um, but he definitely was. And it really, really helped him. It gave him, um, it kind of helped his perspective. It helped him as he was going through this. He was a big guy. He was six four and he always worked out and he had these muscles and he was really smart he was funny and from the time he was in sixth grade he always had a girlfriend you know one or a different girlfriend so now you know he can't go to school he can't hang out with his friends because he's getting he had two brain surgeries he had chemo and radiation
and his muscles are gone. He's just, you know, skin and bones. He uh, has this big, ugly scar on the back of his head. He's lost all his hair. He walks with a limp and his girlfriend's left him. And we go in and the oncologist says, Nathan, how are you doing today? Is the glass half full or half empty? And without missing a beat, he said, it's three quarters full. And I thought, wow, what a perspective. Mm -hmm. But this is something that, you know, he had this perspective and I learned that and he learned things from me about meditation and we helped each other as we went through this. Well, after about three years, uh, he became a quadriplegic because of his brain tumor. So he was paralyzed from his neck down. And um, so he was at home and he was on hospice. He was dying. As he was going through those final days, we were meditating. He was meditating, I was meditating, and it helped him to be at peace with the idea of, of crossing over. And it helped me. And so when he died, I was very sad, but I was never depressed. Um, I was able to look at it. And instead of thinking, this is the worst thing that could ever have happened to us. I looked at it and I thought, I am so, you know, blessed, so happy that I had 20 years of him as uh, part of our family. You know, what would our family have been without his humor, his love, and his insight? And, and I thought, and I am so grateful. I got to be his mom. Mm -hmm. You know, nobody else did. I was the only one who did. I mean, I've always had faith, but I felt that I had been given this tool to help me through this, that this was a tool that everybody could benefit from. Because we all have days where you think you just want to pull the sheets up over your head and say, I do not want to deal with this. Right. Absolutely. And meditation helps you. It literally changes your brain. Mm -hmm. So I got certified to teach it. It took about a year and I got certified and I, I learned the science of it, but it changes your perspective on life. It changes the way that you look at things and, uh, we can all use that. Absolutely. And thank you so much for sharing that because I think that will help a lot of people. It helps me to hear. I know we were having a, a conversation prior to starting to re record that um, because uh, my cousin lost her son who was only eight years, eight years old. And yeah. um, but like you said, um, everybody kind of goes through those days when you feel like, hey, I could just I don't want to deal with this. I could just pull the covers over yeah. my head. You know, I guess in those final days, how do you feel that meditation helped your son? Well, it was, it was pretty remarkable. When you're a mom, you want to help your kids through those rough patches. And he knew he was dying. They said, you know, you have like 10 days. And what was happening is that his lungs were becoming paralyzed and, and that was the way he was going to die. And so we talked about everything. You know, he asked me simple questions like, well, how will I know where to go? 
And we talked, you know, I said, you know, you just, there will be a light and you will follow that light. And my dad and my brother had died not long before. And, and I said, you know, your granddad's going to be there. And when my dad used to come in, when he'd say hello, he'd always squeeze your shoulder, you know, and I said, you know, you'll feel him. He'll squeeze your shoulder and he's going to be there. So, but one day we were meditating and when he was, I was done meditating. And so he's in this hospital bed and I turn around and I look at him and I, I mean, he was, he looked like death. He, I mean, he was gaunt. There was no color. He, he was dying, but I looked at him and his face was radiant, radiant. And so when he opened his eyes, I said, Nathan, did anything happen while you were meditating? And he said, yeah. He said, I saw the other side. Mm. And I said, really? I said, what was it like? And he said, it was so beautiful. I can't even put it into words. A few days passed and his breathing became much more labored and pretty soon he couldn't speak anymore because he was just panting. And I was sitting at the end of the bed. And so in his room, there was a, um, a sliding glass door to one side and windows there was no light source you know there wasn't a light at the at the ceiling from the crown of his head going up towards the ceiling where there's no light source there's this cone of light a cone of light and i put my hands through it like like where is this light coming from mm. and i realized it was coming from him wow it was his spirit leaving and i said nathan you're getting ready to leave us and it lasted for maybe five or ten minutes wow and it was gone and then and then it was just a few minutes after that he quit breathing and he was gone we have different tools that can help us through life and our faith is one of them mm -hmm. but there are other tools too that can help and this was a tool and I, you know, I did write a book. Uh, it's a little book. It's very short. And it's entitled um, Three Quarters Full. The reason I wrote it is because when he was dying, when I would, he was in a hospital bed. I was in the bed. There was another bed in the room. And so I'd sleep in there because if he needed something in the middle of the night, you know, I didn't want him to be alone. One night, it was like two or three in the morning. He calls me and he goes, mom, mom. And I go, what, what? And I get up and he goes, take my picture. And I said, okay. And so I get up and I, I take a couple pictures. And I said, Nathan, why did you want me to take your picture? And he said, I don't want you to forget about me. And I thought, oh my gosh, you know, I am never going to forget about you. But I realized that there were lessons that I learned going through this with him that I didn't want to be forgotten. And that's why I wrote it. Okay, we'll definitely be sure to link to that book in the, below in the, the show notes. So if we can get into uh, 
and this may be a very basic or obvious question, but mm -hmm. for those who don't know, what is meditation? The true idea of meditation is to quiet your mind. And many people come to me and say, I, I can't meditate, I've got too many thoughts. But with meditation, we're not trying to blank out your mind. We're not even trying to stop the thoughts. What we're trying to do is get between, here's a thought and here's a thought. And in between those thoughts, there's, it might even be a nanosecond of time, but you wanna to get to that spot. And when you get in, when you drop into that space, there's just this peace. And it's in that space that there are changes that are made in your brain. We tend to live in the fight and flight where, oh my God, this is happening, that's happening. How am I gonna deal with this? I can't deal with that. That, that way of thinking, of living is really stressful. And our body isn't created to, to deal with that stress all the time. So we start having headaches, neck pain, muscle, you know, tight shoulders, low back pain. We may grind our teeth at night. We may have trouble sleeping. We have indigestion. We have a short fuse. When your body's on alert, it starts um, acting against itself. That's where you have immune um, compromised situations, mm -hmm. autoimmune diseases, which are, you know, that's, uh, that's diabetes, it's MS, it's, it's, uh, there are, it's IBS, it's rheumatoid arthritis. Yes, yes. rheumatoid arthritis, uh, all of these things. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, almost everybody's got one of those. It's almost very everybody common. has one of those things. Yeah. So this helps your body to get back into balance so that it can you know, uh, move from that fight and flight to a calm state and begin to heal itself. So what about for the people who say, I just, I don't know how to do that. How do I even begin down that road? So I teach classes and, and since I'm a nurse, I get a lot of referrals from people, from their doctors. So I teach you how to breathe. And this breathing is calming. It's, it's relaxing. And it helps you get to that space between those thoughts. And then I have an app that I created and it's not your walking through the woods app. It's mm -hmm. a, it's a 30 day app and it's, it's kind of like training wheels. It helps you get going with meditation because as I said, I've been teaching for about 12 years and I used to say, okay, this is what you do. You do A, B, yeah. C, and D. Now go home and do it and you got it. It will help you physically emotionally and spiritually it without even trying the way that you look at life begins to change so it's really something learned you don't this is not something you just know how to do you really have to learn it and really practice meditation mo because of the world that we live in we usually need help if you lived out in the country and you were able just to sit outside and be with nature and listen to the sound of the wind, to feel the breeze against your cheek, to smell the earth and, uh, you know, really appreciate the colors. You're, that's a meditation. You're, you can quiet your mind and be still. 
So I want to transition a little bit to talking about Reiki. I know that's something else that's also part of your practice. I've heard the word, but I really, to be honest, don't know what it is. So can you explain that? Well, what it is, it's a Japanese relaxation technique, and it's something that everyone can do. It is similar to meditation in that it helps you move from that fight and flight state to a calmer state where you're in balance with your body and it is it helps your body to heal itself. It's used in over 800 hospitals around the country. They use it in, they use it before you have surgery and they find people more relaxed. They use it after surgery and people need less pain medication. They use it with um, people who are going through oncology, chemotherapy, and they find they have fewer side effects. They use it with premature infants and they find they thrive. So this is energy that comes from the source, that comes from the source. So you can call that God, you can call it the universe, you, but it's, and the source is love. And it comes through and it comes out the practitioner's hands, the practitioner channels it. And when I give it to someone, I can put my hands on them, but I usually will keep my hands off because I want them to be able to distinguish this isn't the heat of my hands. The heat or the energy that they feel comes from this energy. Is it something that you're experiencing during or after or both? Both. Okay. So it's you feel it most during usually it will last an hour you lay fully clothed on a like a massage table and i put my hands just around you maybe lightly on your shoulders maybe on your knees and you will feel this energy when you leave it continues to work so it's almost like a time release capsule you might find that the way that you're thinking about things the way you feel begins to change and the interesting thing is everybody can learn how to do it and it helps you with everything in your life because it's energy mm-hmm. so it can help you with things that you're working on if you're working on a project you can send energy to it it only does good after my son died i went to an area hospital and i said it was the one of the oncologists that he was treated by and i said look i want to volunteer here because um, I think meditation would help all the parents. I wanted to volunteer on the pediatric oncology. And he said, okay, but let me tell you, you know, some people are kind of uneasy about meditation. So just call it relaxing breathing. I said, okay, I'll call it relaxing breathing. And I said, I also know Reiki. He goes, oh, no, 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 that's not going to fly. <laughs> you know, that, that's not going to work here. So I said, okay. So I'm going around teaching relaxing breathing. And then one day I was down in the pediatric intensive care unit. And there was this little girl, she's about seven and she is in a crisis. She has sickle cell anemia, she's in a crisis. Her parents are both at work and there are two nurses with her. They've given her as much medication as they can. She is hysterical. Mm -hmm. She is inconsolable. And she's just like, just beyond, she's just out of her mind. She doesn't know what's going on because she's just screaming and screaming. 
And so I walk in and I don't even say anything. I just take my hands and I just put them over her head and then down on the side and in front. And I'm not even touching her. I put it down on her chest. She stops crying. She falls asleep. And I go out, I walk out to the nurse's station and they go, you were doing healing touch. I go, uh-uh, you can't do that here. And they said, we want to know how to do this. Why wouldn't we want to know how to do it? It's non-invasive. There's no contraindications. It only helps. It doesn't hurt. Why wouldn't we want to know how to do this? I mean, they do it at Yale. Uh, they do it at Duke Medical Center. They do it at John Hopkins. They do it at Mayo Clinic. These are some pretty prestigious places. So and are there... Fact, are there any places, hospitals in South Florida that this is being practiced in? I know that in Fort Lauderdale, I think they are doing it at Holy Cross Hospital. I know that they were doing it further up in uh, Central Florida, in some little hospitals, which is unusual. You'd think it would be big city hospitals that would be open to this first. Anything new is just a matter of education. I mean, obviously people yes. have to be open to it and open-minded. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a matter of like how I didn't even know really what it is. Yeah. It's just a matter of learning and being willing to be open to new things. Yeah. So I think you alluded to this earlier, but as far as meditation and Reiki, who is this right for? It's right for everybody. I mean, meditation, they're teaching in preschools now. Oh, really? Yes, they are. Um, because they're teaching, they're teaching children to have control of their emotions. There have been studies out in California, there was a school that was really a failing school. So out of desperation, they brought in meditation and they actually had to extend the day because they did it, I think twice a day, once or twice a day. And it changed the school. There were fewer delinquencies. There were very few fights. It just completely changed the environment of the school. And they said, look, these kids still had to go home to maybe an unstable environment, but they have this tool they could take with them to help them feel calmer and more centered. And while they were in school, this was a really safe place. So the way I teach it, it's based on science. It nourishes the part of your brain that's the decision-making. This is the prefrontal cortex. And so when something happens and you get upset and you go, oh my God, and you have the tendency to go back to this fight and flight and, and feel like your world is falling apart. If you've been meditating, you can go, okay, yes, I wish this hadn't happened, but you are, you're using a, a, a higher part of your brain. This is more considered an, like the primitive part of the brain. This is our survival. This is thinking and understanding and making a decision. How am I going to deal with this situation? That's what we want. We don't want to be floundering around and, and feeling that we don't have any control. Right. No, absolutely. This that just starts to negatively affect us yes. and our bodies. Yes. This They've done studies and they found that people who meditate are more resilient. That means something happens and the rugs pulled out from under you, you lose your job, you lose 
you know, your home, you lose whatever is happening, your health. And it's like this tidal wave just knocks you down to the bottom of the ocean. If you've been meditating, you're a cork and you're going to come back up. And I'm sure what you mentioned, a lot of people, especially now, are going through this feeling that fight or flight, this overwhelming stress, whether they lost their job, they're close to losing their home or just can't pay the mortgage again, can't make the rent, don't know maybe even where their next meal is going to come from. I like to ask for actionable tips if somebody knows they're just in that state right now. Is there anything that they can implement immediately in their life that you would recommend? Yes, absolutely. Well, there's a book called The Happiness Advantage. And it is written by this uh, PhD from Harvard. And he did a lot of different studies. And one thing he found is that people, if you can look at things more positively, that, you know, uh, things tend to work out for you uh, and people want to work with somebody who's thinking about let's look at the solution rather than oh god we've got all these problems let's yeah we've got all these problems how are we going to figure out let's figure out the solution so how do you change your mindset and so this is an exercise that they found really had an impact because some people are born more optimistic. Some right. of us are just neutral or, you know, or we're pessimistic. We have to work at it a little bit more. We've got to work at it. It isn't easy. <laughs> so how do you change that? So what you can do is every night at dinner, think of three things that made you happy in the last 24 hours. Now, now not what you're grateful for. Great gratitude is very important too. But this is different. I can be grateful that I have two legs. I can walk without assistance. Mm. But what makes me happy is taking that walk. You got to think of three things that make you happy. It might be hard the first day, but you can do it with everybody at the table at dinner and make people think of three things that made them happy. The first day they're going to have trouble, but the next day they know that at dinner, they've got to come up with three things. So they're going to be scanning the environment, looking for things that make them happy. And, and oh, I heard a bird sing. That made me happy. Oh, after the rain, I saw a rainbow. That made me happy. They're going to be looking for things that they would have missed. I saw this tree. It was in bloom. It was beautiful. I never even noticed it before. Three things that make you happy. When you start doing that, your, your perception in life changes because you are scanning the environment looking for things that make you happy and you're overlooking the stuff that are the irritants in life and they found that that really changed people's outlook on life and that it lasted that if you keep doing it it really makes an impact and to go That's back what thing. i love that to go back to what you've been saying that doesn't that doesn't hurt you know no do no. that and it's not going to hurt so no. i think that is an amazing tip i'm going to start that today yeah. so thank you so much for sharing that i mean i think your positivity is infectious you're obviously very knowledgeable in what you do i want you to share how people can learn more about you and connect with you okay so i am 
online. I, I teach meditation online by Zoom at this moment. Uh, but I have some free things that you can check out, some free meditations. Uh, you can look at my Facebook page, uh, Peggy Gaines, and you'll find there are some meditations that will help you get started. I also, on my website, there's a free seven-day trial of my app. So that can help you get started. You can look at my app. It's Meditation with Peggy Gaines. Or you can abbreviate it. It's easier if you go MPG, like miles per gallon, RN.com. That stands for Meditation Peggy Gaines RN.com. So check those things out. Awesome. We'll make sure to link to all of that below in the show notes as well as some of the other resources you mentioned earlier so that people can find that information easily there. And thank you so much. Honestly, this is one of my favorite conversations so far. I learned so much and I appreciate you being on the show. Well, thank you. It's been my pleasure. All right. Just remember to breathe. <laughs> and three things that make you happy. Exactly. Three things that made me happy today. I'm going to be thinking about that and working on that every day. I thought that was such a great tip. If you like this episode as much as I did, make sure to you go ahead and connect with Peggy. She is a wealth of knowledge and I think can really, really help us calm our minds and live happier lives. If you enjoyed this episode, you know what I'm gonna ask you to do. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube and connect with me on LinkedIn. I would also really, really love to hear your feedback. So please go ahead and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. All that information is below in the show notes. I look forward to seeing you next week. Stay happy, stay healthy.